Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to another episode of Pit Lane Parlay. I'm your host, Mike Joachim. Frenchie is here. The IndyCar season is over. We'll do some awards momentarily. We will very briefly discuss the state of the Laguna Seca race. Hope everybody enjoyed Chase Elliott yesterday. It's a lot of fun to record that and get that done at as short of a time we had. I'm sure we'll have longer at some point in the future. But Frenchie... Just because it's awards doesn't mean we can't start with fun questions. So let's start with, this is a two, I don't know, I guess two-part question. If you were to be in a TV show, what TV show would you want to be in? On the other hand, what TV show would you never want to be in? I'd want to be in something where I could win a lot of money okay i guess some kind of trivia game show that's based on stuff that i could win or i mean my favorite shows are all from before i was born so i'd also love to show up in one of those i mean magnum pi i'd be not the new one the new one sucks does it (laughs) miami vice would be fun so i'd show up in any of those i think what else would be fun I don't know, any of those like car shows where the people basically just like build something in an hour and mostly yell at each other the whole time. I think that'd yeah. be fun to just kind of be in there for once, like pretty much all the programming on the Motor Trend channel. Okay. What about you? Well, you have to do the other side of the question. Oh, okay. I was going to have you answer yeah. and then yeah, no, get just to that, but okay. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. What is my, I not want to be in. Uh, I think being in something like Downton Abbey would be incredibly dull. I mean, I got to respect the level of accuracy that they go to on that show for the historic sets, but I'd pass. And anything that has a lot of drama, like Housewives. Reality TV. That type of reality TV. Leave me out of that. Yeah. So I'm going to try to come up with a different answer, but reality TV is a good one for that side. But I'd want to be in something like Impractical Jokers just to be like an ass and like be goofy because that's more fun and I don't have to use my brain. I would not want to be in and reality TV is a good one and a singing competition or a dancing competition. You know, you're never going to see me on Dancing with the Stars. Also, you'll never see me on trivia shows because I wouldn't 
I would have I would be standing there cracking jokes the whole time. So yeah, we'll go with that. Let's come up with one other one, just so we can fill a couple minutes of time here. <laughs> Definitely not asking that one. I'm just like scrolling. I want to know what it was. Yeah, I I'm I'm looking at a list of 200 questions to ask friends. Okay. Okay, this could be fun. What celebrities would you want to play your parents in a biopic about your life? Oh, okay. I know immediately who I'd pick for my dad because people always say he looks like him. So it's the guy who plays Gibbs on NCIS. Mark Harmon. Mark Harmon. Yeah. Yeah, that's who would play my dad. Um I can see that. Who would play my mom. Yeah, I can see that. Who would play my mom? I'm trying to think of someone who kind of looks like her because that's hard. I don't know. That's a tough one. I may need to come back to that while you think of yours. Okay. I don't feel like I know a lot of female actresses that are in their like fifties. I feel like they just, it's either like they're in their seventies or they're 25 years old. So I will go with, oh man, this is harder than I was expecting when I first read this question. I will go with also from NCIS, the guy who plays the medical examiner, Ducky. I forget his, his real name. He's, he is elder than my dad. So I can't like say it's totally accurate. And mother wise, I don't know. There's no reason other than this is literally the first name that came to mind. Jennifer Garner. Okay. I actually just thought Sandra Bullock would play my mom. I almost said that one too. I was looking for like some like brunette lady is really the only thing I was thinking. Yeah. So that's, that's who the parents would be. All right. So Laguna Seca, it happened. I don't know about you, but. So so we watched the replay Sunday night once we got back from you know meeting the fam and all that fun stuff. But that's a lot of about 60, 65. And I honestly was just hoping the race would end at that point. I was so exhausted. The driving skill had completely eroded out the window for about half of the field. So what did you think? It was not the finale that I was hoping for. I thought at least we'd have a really exciting race. And it was exciting in a sense because it was chaotic. But the number of yellow flags and just the amount of time spent with drivers spinning and getting into each other was kind of... I don't know. I usually like that kind of thing a little bit to an extent, but this was too much. Yeah. Four or five after like four or five cautions. I said to my girlfriend, I'm like, yeah, that's this is okay. You know, chaos. This is fun. But, you know, let's let's get a move on. And then like after six and seven and eight and nine and 10 and 11 and 12 cautions, I was like, okay, I. I don't care anymore about the end of this race. I just want it to end because there is no chance we can do an entire race review on 74 cautions. 
but you know, from, and I guess I might touch on this when we do our award segment here, but like Colton Herta jumping the start literally from the very beginning race control just decided, you know, we're going to take, we're going to take the start of the race off to go to the bathroom real quick. And then I don't remember. I don't think Erickson got a penalty when he tagged Felix and he, maybe he, maybe they just said, you're going to restart at the rear anyway. So just go back there. He did get an avoidable okay. contact penalty okay. to restart right. the back. You know, I'm not sure what Scott McLaughlin was doing, tagging Ferrucci. That could have been pretty scary. I'm sure it was just, you know, it wasn't, I don't think it was intentional by any means, but you know, Erickson tagging Felix was a silly move. Devlin tagging Malukas was a really silly move. Elio pretending he's in a bumper car at an amusement park. <laughs> like, what in God's name? Like, so I got two texts from my dad Sunday when we were at the Phillies game meeting my girlfriend's family. And he said, Oh my God, Elio. And halfway through the race, she looked at me and she went, well, it was only one incident. And I was like, okay. You know, then there were still four more after that. Just like, probably not the way he wanted to go out. Probably not, not the way his fans want him to go out. But good God, just <laughs> what? And then hitting Peterson, like I don't, I don't think it was Peterson's fault. That was definitely Elio sloppily rejoining the track. But I don't know this. the The standard, the 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 driving standard in in this race was kind of I don't know. I feel like a microcosm of race control, letting some things go off and on all season, and guys just going, "Eh, screw it, it's the last race." And it just by the end of the race, it was. Fr- I mean, halfway through the race, it was real frustrating to watch. Yeah, when you said that you were hoping for the race to just be over after a certain number of cautions, I can imagine Elio probably felt the same way. <laughs> and then did you, I guess the only other thing is, did you have any thoughts on the Devlin being held in pit lane incident? Not really. I mean, where did he finish? Let me see. He finished behind New Garden. Yeah, so oh, he finished twenty second. Yeah, um, I don't think his race was gonna end up being much better of a result, regardless. But I can I can understand why he and his team would be upset. Yeah, because Newgarden got a lot back on him, or he dropped. Yeah, no, I'm sorry, he dropped an extra lap behind Newgarden, which kicked him out of the leader circle. Yeah, I mean, I think. The whole leader circle thing, I don't know if it matters because we know he's not going to be back at that team. So, but maybe it matters, to, Andr- to... It matters to Andretti, not yeah. to him. No, to yeah. Andretti. I understand that, but they also may drop down to three cars. We've been hearing, who knows? It's not a good look, I think, for a team that used to be considered in the top couple of teams to have a car lose the leader circle. But it, it comes down to the whole season. It's not that one event. Sure. So he should have been driving better all throughout the season. And unfortunately, this didn't help that. But if it really ends up being that close and that's how you end up losing it, sorry, I don't feel that bad for you. Yeah, fair point. I think Indy Car did the right thing, especially if he went back out and didn't 
okay it with and the, the team didn't okay it with indycar like hey you know we know you're slow blah 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 so yeah but i mean you can look at the fact that devlin has one two three four dnfs another 23rd place finish another 23rd place finish another 22nd a 21st another and 22nd last week and then only two finishes inside the top 15. It's pretty easy to see why he's not in the leader circle. So, yeah, we'll we'll yeah. Con- we'll conjecture on if they're going to drop down to three cars or not throughout the offseason in the interest of time and enjoying this episode. We are going to do awards. Frenchie, state your case in terms of what you think. Make sure to, or if you can, write down our answers. We'll tweet them out in polls over the next week or so. As I have time. So let's start with, and you know, this doesn't have to be, this can be totally, this is however you want to interpret it. If you want to interpret best driver as like Ryan Hunter Ray for whatever reason, as long as you can defend it, you can say whatever you want. So So I can say completely ridiculous things. You can. So you start first on this one. I'll start first on the next one and we'll alternate, we'll alternate going down the list. Okay, sounds good. So, best driver of the season. I don't want to be obvious because I think it's clear that there's someone who stands out above the rest, but everyone listening knows who I'm talking about, and I don't think I need to choose that individual just because... Connor Daly? Oh, yeah, how'd you know? Right. Crazy. Sorry, continue. Um, I think the driver of the season at least who i'm gonna say maybe this is a hot take but i kind of like doing a little bit of a hot take is christian lungard finishing eighth he had his first win i just think he was so much more consistent and pulled so much more performance out of that car than his teammates i mean he finished eighth graham his next closest teammate finished 15th in the championship yes graham had horrific luck but Lungard really asserted himself as the lead driver on that team. And I don't know if I would have assumed that to be the case just going into this season. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to take Pato, trying to avoid the obvious ones like you, on a team that you know wasn't necessarily very good this year in McLaren. Some questionable strategy calls. They had a couple tracks where they just you know clearly were not close to uh close to Ganassi at least in terms of pace. Pato still pull off six podiums. One, two, three, four, five, six extra top tens on top of that. So I'm sorry, not six podiums. Six top fives, I believe. We have one podium, two podium, three, four. No, I did have six podiums. Okay. Math is not my strong suit, so I'm going with Pato on this one. Okay. Next up, let me find my list here. Biggest disappointment as a driver. Boy, I just lost my standings. I am going to go with Colton Herta. I think, you know, it's hard to say 10th on the standings is disappointment, but there were times this year he showed insane pace like he always does. And there were times this year he also drove into a wall 
or spun at points where he shouldn't be spinning with somebody of his experience level at this point. Did manage one, two top fives, one podium. So, you know, just all in all, a really lackluster year. Some not very good qualifying efforts, whether that was him or the team, you know, we don't really know, but you know, he still finished higher in the standings than teammate Kyle Kirkwood, who won two races. So I think you could almost put, I don't want to say you put the two of them together because at least Kirkwood won a race, but you could put the two of them together because the Andretti camp was filled all season with mistakes. So I'll go with that. Man, I have two that I cannot decide between. So I'm just going to go with the one that first came to mind. And yeah. that is... Renus VK. Okay. All right. Obviously, his equipment is not amazing, but I mean, best result of sixth at Portland and pretty much the rest of the year, he was outside the top 10 other than Indy. Yep. That's not what you expect to see from a guy with what we believe to be that much talent. So I think it's based on expectations that, you know, I, I would hope that he would grab some podiums for that team because he's the lead driver, but it just was a really pretty dismal year for him. Yeah, very well said. All right, go ahead. You start the next one. Just introduce the topic. Okay, so we've got the biggest surprise, which can be anything. What is the most surprising thing that happened this season? Unfortunately, I think the most surprising thing is when Simon Pagano crashed because it looked pretty bad, but you never know what's going to happen. And I tend, I think, to be a little bit maybe jaded by just how safe I think IndyCars have gotten that I thought he was just going to get out of the car and be fine. And I understood that he wasn't going to be able to race that weekend, but I expected him to be back the following week. And it's just unfortunate and disappointingly surprising to me what happened to him and what ended up ending his season because he didn't really have the results to begin with at the you know first half of the season or so that he was taking part in but he's still one of i believe the top i don't know i'd say he's in the top seven eight ten indie car drivers in the field so it's just kind of sad to see us lose someone with that level of talent especially for meyer shank right i mean yeah, they got to try out some of their drivers, but you know, Elio, as we mentioned, did not cover himself in glory. So it's kind of frustrating. Yeah, good one. I am going to go with the fact that McLaren, despite having a very strong driver lineup, managed to win zero races. I don't even think they necessarily had great qualifyings for the most part. You know, Felix had a pole, Pato had fast six appearances. Rossi seemed to always be between like seven and 13 in qualifying, you know, outside of the 500 qualifying, you know, where they were, they were all strong, including TK. It was a kind of, it was disappointing. There was a lot of strategy confusion that I didn't really understand throughout the year. Like Pato's call at Laguna, which, you know, relegated him to finishing ninth I don't think was a very good call all season but man I just I think you know for somebody who you know for a team that's 
trying to compete with Ganassi and Penske, they didn't particularly do a great job this year. Fair enough. That means I'm next. That means I'm next. Sorry. Best race of the season. Best race of the season. Let's see here. I mean, obviously we could say the Indy 500, but I'm I'm not going to do that because it's not that exciting. That's like the 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 too too much of a gimme answer. Man, definitely not Iowa. Hmm. I don't know. I don't think they're. I don't. Hmm. I'll go with Detroit. Detroit was fun. I think the new layout proved more interesting than we would expect. There wasn't a race this year that was a total barn burner to me, and 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 you know that was super memorable with a you know winning by point oh oh one or anything like that. But Detroit was a lot of fun. I like that answer. I think that might have actually been my choice if you hadn't taken it. But I'm gonna go with then probably Toronto or Toronto. Sorry, I didn't mean to offend the Canadians by hardening that T in there, the second T. <laughs> um, so American of me. I just think it always serves up pretty good racing. It's pretty unpredictable. The streets are brutal, and. I just love that racetrack. So when I can't really think of one that stands out like you, yeah. other than maybe Detroit, the street course racing is always really good in IndyCar, in my opinion. So it has to That's be fair. Toronto. All right. You're up. Okay. So we've got the worst race. Wow. You know what? Maybe this is recency bias and it's just what I haven't stuck in my head but i'm gonna go with portland yeah it was that's again an exciting race to me yeah i i'm between two on this both are ovals neither is the mb500 so good I'm really... you'd probably be like yeah like the pitchforks would come out for you yeah so pick a number one or two and that's going to be my answer. I'm going to allow you to pick my answer without knowing what I'm picking. Two. Okay. So my answer is gateway. Okay. I think part of it was, you know, the weather that weekend kind of didn't help, but the alternate over oval tire added, I think nothing to the strategy. Now, granted Firestone was probably being a little conservative because this is the first time they've done something like that in ages if not ever on an oval so that didn't help but the indycar short oval aero package needs some adjustment to make the racing more competitive so that is my pick on that one which means i'm up first next for the milkaduno head scratcher moment of the year and I am going to go the Alex Pillow non-penalty call at Portland as the moment where I finally lost my mind with the, well, let's just go Portland race control because he could also say not throwing the yellow flag when Canapino spun. So that, that will be Portland race control will be my answer. Definitely fair. That's a good answer. I think mine is going to be was that Iowa where 
the coin team sent Stingray Rob back out, that, Iowa that's race my moment. Too. That was, yeah. yeah, that was just so confusing to me. I don't know <laughs> why that had to happen. It seemed very preventable. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Greetings from Evergreen Podcasts. We're rolling out a listener survey, and we want to hear from you. The information in the survey will help us gather statistics and in turn make our shows more appealing to advertisers. I know most people don't like ads, but this is one of the only ways our shows make money and help keep their lights on. We promise it will only take a few minutes, but the impact on our podcasts will be tremendous. As a token of our appreciation, we'll randomly select one lucky participant each month to win an exclusive merchandise package from Evergreen Podcasts. Head to evergreenpodcast.com slash listener survey to help a show and possibly get some free stuff for doing so. We can't thank you enough for the support. Now back to the show. Yeah, good one. All right, you're up. Okay, so we've got best team. Wow. Okay, this is kind of difficult. I think I might just have to go with McLaren. Even though they didn't win, like you said, I think the three-driver combo was, was the best of the season and they just seem to have speed they never really put it all together but i think i'm gonna have to just say them because they've come a long way from where that team was and i think they're probably the third best team in indycar right now maybe you can argue that but that's what i think i mean i agree on the third best team part i I wouldn't put them as my as my pick, because I think they made too many strategy calls that weren't good this year, but that's just nitpicking at this Fair. point. Best team. Oh, I was I was looking down at the other end of the standings here, got very confused. I will go with Team Penske because I think all three of those guys this year were in contention every weekend. I think. You know, when you get to the Ganassi third and fourth car, there were some inconsistencies this year. Obviously, Ganassi won. Ganassi won and two in the standings. Probably had more points than like three quarters of the in car field combined. But <laughs> yeah, you know, I don't. Went I'm trying, to yeah, I'm trying not to pick it's the eight wins on yeah, the season between those two cars. The obvious one. So I'm going to go Penske, Newgarden winning the 500, McLaughlin winning once, being in contention numerous other times. Pretty fast just about every weekend. Obviously, Will Power didn't win this year, which is his first non-winning season in 16 or 17 years. But I think he had a poll, one poll or two polls. I forget. Maybe maybe two. Two, De- yeah. De- yeah, I was going to say definitely one. So that's oh. my... Yeah, both Iowa races. So Okay, yeah, yeah. Those are his polls, right? Yeah. Yeah. Worst team, Ed Carpenter Racing. Good God. They can't even, they're not even good at ovals anymore. They're barely good at the Indy 500 this year. And it is depressing. 
Yeah. That's all I have to I say. Definitely agree there. That was disappointing. I am well, I, I don't want to be biased, but I am gonna be a little bit biased and say that there were rumors that our esteemed co-host was potentially gonna to go to that team. And I have to say that I think he might have dodged a bullet there. And just in case anybody was wondering, Mr. Merlucas is stuck with us for at least 2024, as McLaren gave me the the okay to continue that. So all right, you're up. Worst team. You know what? This may or may not be another hot take, but I'm going with Andretti. That was that they was my hot take way answer. Too many times. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's a good one. It was just I expect more from them, and I don't think that this was the season that Michael wanted at all. Like you said, they got two wins on the season. Both were Kyle Kirkwood, but their highest driver in the standings was Colton in tenth. That's. Yeah, I mean, people were hyping up Grosjean. He was going to win races. Kirkwood obviously was been hyped up, but Colton. I mean, with those three guys, you should be winning way more than that. Yeah. All right. Most exhausting storyline. Interesting. What was kind of exhausting on the season that I was just annoyed with? This is a tough one because Oh, I definitely know mine. I don't feel like there were maybe I'm just forgetting for some reason and I can't think of what it would be. I'm going to have to say Oh, the most exhausting storyline that I think went through the whole season, and hopefully this doesn't steal your answer, is just the abuse that Callum Eilat kept getting from people on social media that shouldn't be happening in the first place. And the fact that it happened again and that it's just been continuing on and he had to make his Twitter account private. That's ridiculous. It's, it's pretty sad. This is such a shitty situation and it's really infuriating and his teammate is doing nothing to help the cause. And I don't even want to say his teammate's name on this episode right now. He's like the one I want to like, erase from my memory because he gave kind of a scumbaggy answer on that Argentine TV show where he was like, you know, Ricardo told me this. And it's like, well, maybe you should just say that like, Hey, please don't threaten to kill my teammate because you know, that's not cool. So that was my answer, but I had yeah. a backup. No, I, I agree that it's, it's not necessarily his personality or not his personality, sure. his responsibility to prevent people from making threats because they shouldn't be doing that in the first place. Yep. But he should probably come out and say something. And I want to like the guy because he's so impressive and the story is amazing. Yep. And he's obviously a superstar, as they keep saying. What does Lee Diffie always say? He's a rock star, like in <laughs> he's one, you know, in Argentina. He always says that. So that's great. And he's got talent. But I just don't like the teammate beef that is escalating. And, you know, that's not his fault per se, but he could just come out and say something. And I think that would probably go a long way. Yeah, I agree. I'm going with the Polo drama. This is one that's you know, probably not ending anytime soon, but it's just, yeah, I don't even think we'd really need to talk that much on that. Hey, one. What are you talking about? What drama with Polo? I know craziness. Okay. I'm up. 
best new addition. This can be driver, this can be crew, this could be a sponsor, this could be X, Y, and Z. I'm going with Team Penske adding Luke Mason as New Garden's engineer this year. Got him a 500 win, had four wins overall. New Garden didn't have a particularly good end to the season. Indy GP2, he finished 25th. Gateway finished 25th. Portland, he finished top five. And Laguna, he finished 21st. So, you know, didn't end the year on a high note. Probably third in the standings if he just finishes 10th in those three races. So, you know, but overall, he, you know, won on Indy 500. That has to be kind of catapult you up the list in terms of new edition rankings. Agreed. I like that. I think the best new addition, I'm going to go with Marcus Armstrong. I think he's got a bright future ahead. Obviously, he was in excellent equipment, but to clinch the rookie of the year standings by, what is that, 34 points? That's pretty impressive when he did, you know, he, he didn't even do five of the races on the season. So that says a lot. I know Ganassi equipment obviously helped him. He's an F2 driver. That Of course, he's going to be good. But I think he's a great addition, and I'm looking forward to seeing how he follows his rookie year up next year. I'll be honest. He's a bit too, he was a bit too inconsistent for my liking this year when he was racing. Okay. There's a lot. Of, and listen, he had one, two, three, four, five top tens and looked really fast a lot of the times. Mm-hmm. And then something would happen and his race would go away from him. And that was probably wasn't necessarily his fault in every race. But there's a couple races where it definitely was. And it was a little, I don't know. I don't think frustrating is the right word. Because I think the kid is mega talented. But he was definitely a bit inconsistent at points. I am just going to say that I believe in Ganassi as a talent spotter. And sure. if they're sure. going to sign the guy for next year, they saw something even if his results didn't show. It. So I I agree with what you said, but I'm gonna cut him a little bit of a break here and some slack. And I, you know I've also had a couple of conversations with the guy, interacted with him, and he just seems like a really nice, down to earth driver that the fans are definitely going to like more and gravitate more or gravitate to more as he kind of gets to know them a bit. Alrighty. It's me now. Yes. I didn't keep track. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Most improved driver or team. Ooh, okay. Who is the most improved team? Wow. Did anyone really even improve that much? Can I, like, individual team or, like, an overall team? What's an individual team? Like <laughs> a car. Team on one car. Uh, you can take this whatever way you want. No, I don't even know if I would pick that anyway. Wow. This is really tough because I think most teams actually slid back. I may have to give this to Hunkos Hollinger Racing. Okay. While the results aren't necessarily there, I don't think. I mean, Callum Island finished 16th, but he started and ended the season with top fives. He just, and Augustine Canapino obviously was a rookie. I think for a team that was basically on the verge of financial ruin not that long ago, 
that's it's pretty impressive that they beat they beat both well Callum did they beat both Dale Coyne cars they beat both Meyer Shank cars they beat who else I mean an Andretti car they beat a Carpenter car yeah so I think that's pretty impressive for the you know the little team that could both Foy cars I am going to take a slightly different approach and go with most improved team as the 45 car and Christian or the third, whatever, whatever, whatever number Christian Lungard was this year. Did he switch to the 30? No, no, he was, he switched to the 45. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. They had a lot more pace more consistently this year. The results necessarily weren't there every week, but he only finished outside of the top 15, one, two, four times, five times. So, you know, definitely towards the front half of the field more often than not, obviously one at Toronto, I think he had a pole or was close to pull at least a couple other times. So I think they had a really strong end to the season or a really strong season. And, you know, he's got to be the, quote unquote number one driver at Ray Hall, even with Graham there at at this point going into 2024. Okay. Last award. Letter grade for the season. So this is what you think of the overall IndyCar season. I'm going with B minus. I think it was a good season. Hello. <laughs> Hello dominating definitely kind of takes away from it a little bit. Race control takes away from it a little bit. The Hello drama, the Yunkos drama, you know, definitely took away from it. The Indy 500 and having bumping back a qualifying was really exciting. It's really fun to watch that. There were some some good battles. Obviously, Newgarden jumping into the stands after the 500 was pretty cool and is is something that's memorable. And then you know, Portland being a complete snooze fest is not so memorable. I think, you know, like I have said many times in the last like 30 minutes in a couple weeks, the short oval package this year was pretty garbage for the most part. So, yeah, not a bad season by any means. I don't think there was a race this year that was like, holy shit, that was the best race I've ever seen live sort of, you know, scenario by any means. But it was a fine season. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I was actually going to go with the B-minus as well, but I'm going to have to change my grade and Maybe graded on a curve is how I was thinking. I'm going to look at this. The uh, professor and me. I'm sorry, yes, you guys can hear like so much noise in the background, like baby crying, dogs barking. I'm I at just the beach heard with my family, and it's chaos. I just heard the dog for the first time like four seconds ago, but I have not heard anything else the entire episode. Okay, thank goodness. I hope it's not coming through. But Cooper and Bandit, my family dog, are going ham. They do not like baby crying. Um, oh, my God, cousin brought sucks. over her new baby. I mean, he's about a month old, so. That, uh, thankfully, I don't have that issue. My biggest issue right now with the dog is getting him and the girlfriend's cat to I coexist. But actually, it's actually not an issue at all. I shouldn't say it's a big issue. It's it's our, like, animal dilemma of 2023. That's good. Daniel's so chill that I can't imagine a cat being that annoyed with him. Daniel loves the cat. The cat... Yeah, he's, he's a very affectionate dude. Yeah, the cat does not love Daniel, but she's also not like 
she hasn't like attacked him or anything like she just kind of like wants her space and it's really funny at one point not to go like totally off topic but you go up the stairs at her house and the cat was at the top of the stairs daniel was at the bottom of the stairs and he's like when when it's time for bed i tell daniel like okay it's time for bed and he knows he goes right right up into the crate um and so like the cat was like at the far left part of the stairs and daniel walked like all the way up the right side like pretty much like rubbing against the wall so like he like gave the cat plenty of space and it was very funny to watch i'll send you a video of them staring at each other from the top and the bottom of the stairs i don't hear him right now if that makes you feel better okay good he's angry that he got locked in this bedroom with me because he barks at the baby gets jealous there he is yeah 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 Hold on, I'm going to let him in this room, so hopefully he stops barking. Give me one second. Yeah, so while Frenchie is doing that, the dog and cat do get along pretty well. There will be no major issues. It is it is really funny, though, to watch. So, like, you know, I was there last night and this morning without Daniel, and the cat, you know, slept on slept on my feet was really sweet for the most part when i left her house this morning you know gave her a pet and she was great <laughs> and then when daniel is there it's like she doesn't want anything to do with me she will like come up to me like at night but like so for example sunday or monday morning i forget i woke up and there was like a cat on my face and i was like oh this is how my life ends that is hilarious on your face yeah i had like two paws like 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 on the my like one on my forehead and like one on my cheek and I was like oh oh this is it was slightly scary but it's it's okay so I just sent you it's that video she's gonna claw you yeah yeah now that we've gone totally off the rails did I pick my letter grade I don't think I did oh right you were gonna grade on a curve and then the dogs interrupted us and we got completely sidetracked yes so let me just finish with that real quick and I. Damn it. Just lost everything I was typing in my phone of all of our picks. So I'm going to have to go back by memory and hopefully get that later or <laughs> listen to the recording. But that's fine. Thank you, Bandit, for doing that to me. <laughs> He's sitting right here now. He finally calmed down, but now I'm angry at him. Let's see. He's nine years old. He should behave better than this now. My letter grade, I'm going to grade on a curve because given all the other racing we saw this season, in just other series, right? Especially F1. I'm going to say that IndyCar was way more exciting. So for 2023 Mm -hmm. standards, it was a lot better. I mean, and then Formula E Mm -hmm. didn't Mm -hmm. even watch anymore. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm going to give it an A minus because IndyCar was the series that I was most excited to watch besides IMSA, Mm -hmm. which has had great racing too. And... You know, I still think their on-track product is one of the best, even though this wasn't necessarily a highlight for the book's season that we're going to talk about forever. I think that's a fair point. I have no issue with anything you said, so cool. All right. If there's IndyCar news next week, we will bring it to you. If there's not, we will take off. I can't see what's on your screen from there. We will F1 times for the weekend. Oh yeah. We will I don't know. Maybe just do a very brief episode next week. 
Uh, we do have one interview next week with an up and coming driver of the non open wheel variety. So we will leave it at that. I think that records next Wednesday night. So that'll come out Thursday. Yeah. So that's what we got there. Frenchie's going to do the F1 times, and then we're going to get the high out of here for the rest of the week. Yeah, I don't think there's any F1 news when I looked. Yeah. It, it, I haven't really seen anything come across my feed. I haven't, no one sent me anything. I usually get sent some stuff each week of like, yeah, hey, did you see this? Or are you guys going to talk about this? And nothing came across. And when I did a quick search and kind of looked at some of my favorite sources that we're friends with that, post the good stuff or you know sometimes forward me the good news i didn't didn't see anything worth talking about so singapore is this weekend it's supposed to be one of the most exciting races of the season because <laughs> i believe red bull said this is the track that maybe someone else could win i don't know why they're saying that i think it was helmet marco maybe he's just trying to deflect from his ignorant comments about sergio perez but i'm i'm looking forward to singapore i think I mean, I was there, so that gives me a little bit more. I was there in what July, so that gives me a little yeah. bit more excitement to see this race and how it plays out. I wish I was there on the ground to watch the race, but hey, it's a nighttime street course race. That's always pretty cool. Hopefully, we get a little bit of a mix up. But practice one is on Friday the fifteenth from five thirty to six thirty a.m. because Singapore is twelve hours ahead. So practice two is at nine to ten a.m. On Friday. Practice three is from 5:30 to 6:30 a.m. on Saturday. So we'll not be watching that. Qualifying is 9 to 10 a.m. on Saturday. And then the race is 8 a.m. on Sunday. All right. We'll see if I'm watching. Probably not. But that's just because I won't be home all weekend, as per usual. Wow. You're a busy guy now. Yeah, the dog and I are going into the city tomorrow night, and we're not coming back until, I don't know, Sunday night, Monday morning. So we'll see. And at some point, we have to celebrate my mom's birthday, which is today, but we are not celebrating today because she's still somewhat sick. So it is a very subdued celebration today. Anyway. Oh, no. Happy end of the IndyCar season. Your Wi-Fi is starting to uh, get wonky, so we are going to wrap up. Frenchie's face moves about 15 seconds slower than what he says, and it's real freaky. So we're going to wrap it up there. Hope you guys enjoyed the award show. Toodaloo. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply